Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 1, Episode 19, The Return. As always, we'll start with a little synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin continues to abuse his power, and he only wants more. Balefire wants his father back and asks for help from the Blue Fairy, who gives him a magic bean that will take him and his father to a land without magic. When Bay uses the magic bean, Rumpel breaks their deal and Bay falls through the portal alone. Instantly regretting his decision, Rumpel learns from Blue that a curse is the only way back to Bay, and he vows never to stop and he get, until he gets back to him. In Storybrooke, Mr. Gold suspects that August might be his son, Balefire. After a tearful reunion and a heartfelt apology, Gold leads August to his dagger. When August tries to use it on him, Gold knows August was lying and is not his son. Meanwhile, Emma continues to seek evidence against Regina, who made a deal with Gold to kidnap Catherine. Regina convinces Sydney to confess, leading Emma to declare that she's going to get her son back. Roger, what would you think of this episode? Well, it's a Gold-centric episode, so I love it. But I think it's actually really good. There's, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that they cover. You learn a very important piece about why Rumpel is doing what he does. And it's also just moving the plot along in an interesting manner. So I enjoyed it a lot. You? Yeah, this is a really great episode. I We finally learn what happened to Rumpel's son, which we've been wanting to know for a really long time. A lot happens in Storybrooke in this episode. There's an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot, which is, like, pretty... that We don't usually get that much. And the Enchanted Forest plot is also interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i impressed that they managed to squeeze all that into this episode. And we got our first magic bean! We did get our first magic bean. I'm almost a little sad that they squeezed this much into one episode, because there were some episodes they could have gotten rid of and let this be maybe two episodes. <coughs> dreamy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely dreamy was the one I was thinking of. Where do you want to start? I would like to start with August. Okay. Uh, specifically, <laughs> I love how he asks Henry for help. Like, Henry, like again, a 10-year-old and a, what, 35-year-old man are... Yeah, I think he's 35. Yeah, because, I mean, if he, he was he a was, little bit older... Seven. Yeah, he'd be yeah. about 35. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Uh, it's weird. The rule of Storybrooke is that if you're a dark-haired man with stubble and you wear a black jacket, you go to the 10-year-old boy for assistance. Of course. This, we've seen That's this now twice. Do. Yes. Yep. I'm also really curious what was going on when he was talking to Mother Superior. Because I don't... She's not awake. No, she's not. And that that whole conversation seemed odd. Like, it almost... It, it seems to allude towards some sort of setup. Yeah. But she's not awake to be setting anyone up. I mean, I think that he planted a story with her that was true 100 that or not it was not true but she he he told her a story about looking for his father which could be true even if there is no magical curse or whatever he told um, a story that he knew would be repeated yes and that would be plausible to both her and rumpelstiltskin yes yes we also see that he has the picture of the dagger Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, I have no idea why he wants the dagger, but he's, that's what he must have been looking for to start the show, where he's going into Gold's office. Did Yes. Did you believe that August was Balefire when you first watched 100%. this? So, I believe he was Balefire until he broke into the office. At that point, I no longer believe he was Balefire. Really? Why? Yeah, because I didn't think the son would resort to those tactics. If he truly thought it was his father, he would have just walked up to him and said, 
I found you. Or he would want nothing to do with him. It would have been one extreme or the other. These deception tactics made me think that, like, oh, this isn't who I thought it was. I honestly don't remember what I thought when I first watched this. Because I, I don't think that they give you... You could have suspected that he was Balefire yeah. previously, but this is the episode where they give you a bunch of information that is meant to make you think that he is Balefire. And then at the end of the episode... You I, realize it might have been, and obviously this was 10 years ago, uh-huh. I think the fact that they started throwing information in that direction made me go, no. Because that's usually not what they do. If they throw a bunch of obvious clues, mm-hmm. it's about to be a swerve a bit. I It doesn't work in the end, so it's a little hard to to like give him props for it but he like planted kind of a long con here against Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold and it initially worked yeah no it, it got him to the dagger yeah now I will say kind of as the episode goes through when you see Balefire back in the Enchanted Forest and you see how little he prefers magic you kind of understand quickly that they're probably two different people yes I also would love to return. I would like to remember this conversation because I, I think later when we learn more information about Balefire, adult Balefire, um, I think there's a bit more to what's happening here than just that he wants the dagger. Oh, interesting. But we can talk about that later. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. My question is, why is he trying to control Rumple and what does he want? He wants to not be sick. So instead of just asking the Dark One mm-hmm. to cure him, which I believe Gold even says, like, why didn't you just come to me? He wants to order him to do it? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Like. I, I think he probably thought he wouldn't do it. Sure, but there's like a point with like, okay, August is awake. So which means he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Why would you intentionally make an enemy out of this man? Even if he cures you, you have the worst person to have an enemy as an enemy now. Well, I guess he thinks he'll have the dagger. He's also a desperate soul. Sure, but a desperate soul makes a deal that they regret. Yeah. They usually don't try to steal. I mean, some people do, but this was just a poor decision in general. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of amazing how long it takes Mr. Gold to see through the deception. Um, I think August makes a good point, like... You wanted it so bad. Like, do I even look like him? I think he does, actually, a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I think Gold and Emma paralleled here. Gold wanted to see what he wanted to see so badly, he filled in the blanks for a story uh that didn't make sense. Emma so badly doesn't want to believe that this is real, that she's ignoring the holes in the story that Uh exists. And I think that's kind of the point of this. Is that yeah, like, that's really good. And she even, and I think August even says she just refuses to believe. Or actually, it's Regina who says you're refusing to see the truth in front of you. And August says the same thing to Gold that like you just believed it was the truth because that's what you mm-hmm. wanted. So that's kind of the theme of this. Like, Belfire even, and we can go to him real quick. Wanted to believe that his father was going to abandon the magic, despite the fact that everything in front of him said there was no way he was going to agree to this. So it's a lot of people believing what they wanted to believe. Although to be fair, at this point. In the Enchanted Forest storyline, Rumpelstiltskin has not been the Dark One for very long. No, no, no. Balefire is not that much older. Maybe he was 15 in that episode. A year maybe has yeah. passed. Because there's been enough time that everyone fears him. So he's yeah. obviously been the Dark One for at least a little bit of time. Well, yeah. I mean, when you just kill random uh, cart movers uh, and turn them into snails and step on them, of course everyone is afraid of you. All the children are afraid of him except for... The one girl who remembers. Are we to believe that that girl was sent there by Blue? No. 
This wasn't like a long engineered plot to get him to go do the thing. I don't think so. Because that's what I thought. I thought this was a setup. I don't think that Blue has that in her. <laughs> Are we sure? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that she has the ability to plot that much. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Here's the the thing that I've always said. I understand. Like he had no need to kill that man and by turning him into a stale and stepping on him. However, he did see his son injured, and the whole beginning that we've seen from Rumpelstiltskin was that people will do awful things to everyone, including the children. I mean, the girl even utters a phrase that no kid should ever say, when I was in the trenches. What do we call a scraped knee Not kill worthy. <laughs> no, but again, he doesn't know what happened. He just assumes the worst because he's being corrupted by the Dark One. He probably assumes this man assaulted his son. Now, there's no logical reason to believe that. And he that. also completely refuses to listen to his son. Yeah, he was like, 100%. everything's fine. I'm yeah. fine. I just fell. Though, also, I believe when we, if you go back, that was the type of thing that a coward would also say if they just didn't want to admit that they got beat up. He didn't really get beat up, though. Correct. But if he had, and he yeah. thinks his son might be a coward, he might be lying to protect the guy. Because he's That's afraid. That's true. The guy was kind of a dick. Like, he, he was, uh, he was like, getting all uppity because uh, the had, ball got in his way. But had, I don't think he would have actually hurt the kid. Had the kid not been Rumpel, had the kid not been the Dark One's child, he probably would have blown him off and said, get the, out of my way, kid. Yeah. And might have smacked him. Okay. But, Maybe he deserved a smack in return. Yeah, he does. I didn't say he doesn't deserve to die. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying I don't think this was the nicest man. He goes from screw you to uh-oh, I screwed myself. Or that poor maid. Yeah, that was a little rough. I, uh, the, okay, the, the thing that really gets me about it is Rumpel comes back from murdering the maid <laughs> and has blood all over him. And I love how Bay just says, your boots are stained. Like, not like you're covered in blood, just like it's stained. And then Rumpel kind of tries to, like, joke with him, which is, like, a really bad move. Like, he's like, yeah, we need a new maid. Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, oh, my God. Like, you killed the maid? She was mute. She couldn't tell anyone. And then he says, he, he says, mutes can still draw pictures. Like, don't be joking about murdering people with your son who doesn't like it when you murder people, dude. I'm trying to think of a defense for that, <laughs> and I'm coming up blank. The only thing I can say is that he's not wrong to be paranoid about the dagger. Sure. And I don't believe he knew, like, the look on his face when he finds out the maid was mute was of shock. He was like, whoops. And then he kind of tries to play it off. I don't think he realized that she was mute. Which is ridiculous that you wouldn't know that your servant is mute. I don't think that's that ridiculous. Servants are supposed to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. How many people do you think are, have they encountered the Dark One and refused to say anything out of pure terror at this point? I don't think he's, run this is the first human who's been afraid to speak in his presence. How did he know her name? Did he know her name? Well, Balefire does. That doesn't mean Rumple did. <laughs> I suspect Rumple just ordered her and never once spoke to her. Didn't even think she had a name. And we wonder why Balefire is unhappy. <laughs> Let's talk about Balefire for a little bit. Okay. Do you... You probably agree with his actions, right? Yeah. I think his actions were ridiculous. Why? Why would you go to a land... First off, you're trusting that this tornado portal is not going to rip you to shreds when you go through it. Which is a wild assumption. Second, where are you going? What is your plan when you get to this new land? 
Okay, the plan when you get to this new land is kind of bonkers. Anytime anyone goes through a portal, I'm always like, what were they thinking was going to happen? Like, it, it happens a lot of times. And I'm like, where did you, like, you have no plan. You're wearing ridiculous clothes and you're showing up in a land without magic. Get that. I think he believes strongly that he and his father can, like, figure this out together. As for the magic bean and, like, what was going to happen with the portal, I think he trusts the blue fairy and doesn't have any reason not to because, you know, his friend told him, like, people ask for this in the trench. In the trenches. In the trenches. And I think he... I, I would assume that magic beans are kind of like a legend or like a lore. Like, he probably has never seen one in his life, but he's surely heard stories about them or heard people talk about them. So he's probably like, oh, a fairy gave me this and I've heard about these and I know what they do. Okay. Also, wasn't his issue that he didn't like magic? Yes. So he's willing to trust the blue well, fairy's magic. He doesn't like magic that the magic that is corrupting his father and making him murder people. And his solution, as opposed to yeah. I don't know, a more reasonable solution, like how about we like train you? How about we try to maybe fix why you're having a murderous intent? I don't know. Let's solve the problem. Nah, let's just get rid of it and go to a brand new land. Well, his father never listens to him. Why would a training work? He's not a dog. I mean, I don't know. Try something else. Maybe don't just go to a random land with no plan where your father, who's crippled, by the way, because he hit himself in the knee with a sledgehammer to come home to you, probably isn't going to have a lot of skills to use in a land without magic. He also... This is why 10-year-olds shouldn't be plotting things. Although, Rumpelstiltskin agreed to it. He, like, agreed to this plan. Yeah, that wasn't his best move. But, I mean, if he, I think if he didn't agree to it, he knew Bay was just going to leave. Yeah, and I mean, his son is the most important thing to him. The thing that he loves most. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that this is a crazy choice. I think in a land like they live in, where people do insane magical things all the time, this is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. You have the Dark One as your father. He even says, I can conjure you anything you want. This is an insane choice! But he doesn't want any of those things. He just wants his father back. This is a stupid boy. You're looking a gift horse in the mouth and kicking it out and saying, go leave. I think the gift that you would want is not what Balefire wants. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think Balefire's an idiot. is not an idiot. Mm. Balefire wants a simple life. You know how they say when people win the lottery, most of them are less happy than they were before? Yeah. Do you not think that you would be one of those people? Hell no. Those <laughs> people are idiots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those people hope money can can solve their problems. Rumple, to all his um, discredit for his dumb actions at times, power did solve his problem. It did. It did solve his problem. Um, and he solved it peacefully at the time. He, he negotiated a truce. He didn't just, like, kill all the ogres. Yeah, which means there was a part of him that was able to still do good things. Of course, but now we're seeing that, like, the power is corrupting him and he's now killing people because they... <laughs> scrape his son's knee they could have built a dark castle like if he really if Belfar all he wanted was just his father back why couldn't they just go live in a castle in like let's say the dark castle and go live in isolation then if you're truly terrified of what your father's doing to everyone else you two just go have a happy life together go live off in solitude and then you go into town and do your thing and the dark one can do his thing by himself problem solved look at that I fixed that without using a magic bean or blue fairy yeah I mean it was really sad when the children all left when he showed up because they're afraid of his father. That's super sad. A little bit. Yeah, it's a little sad. <laughs> that, that sucks. I mean, I don't know. Couldn't Rumple just conjure up children for him to play with? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wanda does it. It's you, fine. You want fake children? Who cares? He doesn't know any better. He's a kid. He, 
Wow. <laughs> That's just all lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's a complete lie. That actually, I will say, that is one of the more sad moments when... Um, it's one thing for Rumpel to be isolated. It is kind of screwed up that Balfire has been isolated because yes. of... So I, I will say, that is the only thing that I would give him credit for. That sucks to be treated as a pariah for nothing that you did. Well, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting, especially as we... In the, in the show, we'll talk a lot more about, like, heart, darkness in your heart and, like, the human portion. And when Blue says to Bay that the light inside of Rumpel that still glows is for Billfire. And, like, he makes him more human. And I, one, am now really worried about what's going to happen now that Billfire is gone. I mean, like, Rumpelstiltskin said he's willing to risk an entire realm just to get back to his son. He doesn't give a shit about any of those other people. Um, and there's no one there to say, oh, maybe you shouldn't kill this guy. Like, what What might a Rumpelstiltskin have done if Balefire wasn't there to say you shouldn't kill him? I mean, I know he still killed him, but maybe he would have killed everyone that was there for not helping. <laughs> so let's talk about Blue. Okay. She... Her involvement in this situation makes everything exponentially worse, <clears throat> which is pretty much a constant thing. For example, if she had just maybe not given him the magic bean, maybe the conscience in Rumpelstiltskin's voice wouldn't have been stuck through a magic portal, but she's too busy trying to get Rumpel out of the way, and she ends up making him way more dangerous. Also, in her gloating to Rumpelstiltskin that I'm so glad that you're never going to get there, she runs her mouth and reveals that a curse could do it. Yeah, she's shut. a really bad liar. She's not even she's not even lying. She's literally just shut the hell up. Well, she tries to lie because he says like a portal and she's like, no, no, and then and then he says a curse, and then she's like, no. Um, and he's like, Gotcha. Got it! Also, all those things that she says are we find out are lies. I think yeah, some of that's really inconsistent. We'll see the hat again um in the next couple episodes. And later we're told that the hat, the portal jumper, Jefferson is a portal jumper, the hat cannot travel to Lance without magic. But that does not seem to be the case now. And he also finds, I mean, this is like the whole magic bean thing. We got our first magic bean in this episode. And like the whole point of the entire show is that there was no way for Rumpel to get back to Balefire except for casting this curse, which takes him like 200 years to figure out how to do it. We're going to run into so many beams, so many portals, so many portal jumpers, like all of the things like time travel, everything. It's all it's all going to happen. But we just have to kind of like write that off because otherwise it doesn't make sense that uh, Rumple didn't find those things because he's very smart. If there were magic beans, he would have found them. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's also ridiculous that Blue would have not known of all these things to have been possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that the writers didn't know what they were gonna do in the future and just <laughs> sure, that's, that's fair. <laughs> and just didn't they, he they truly intended for none of those things to be true. But we'd already seen the portal jumper uh, jumper at this point. We had already seen the portal jumper, um, and I don't think that we have yet been told that it cannot travel to lands without magic. Nope, that has not been said. We know it can go. It goes to like that little middle room where you open doors. Yes. So this is either a she's just bad at her job, b she's a bad liar, or c she actually believes all these things are true. Uh, although in her defense, if Rumple had just made the right choice. Everything would have worked out for everyone. Maybe. 
I mean, it probably doesn't work out well for Rumpel and Bellfire, but she doesn't actually care about that. I think that it would have worked out just fine. Mm. How were things working out for them before he was the Dark One? They were okay. Were they? Other than the Ogre's War, which was outside of their control, they were okay. And the other big thing that we're missing in this should have been three-person family? I think that they were happy. Mm. Okay. Well, let's, let's remember that <laughs> when we get to that later part in the conversation, because I don't think their life was going in a good direction based okay. on what we learned. Fine. Um, yeah, I, I... The little girl we never see again. We don't actually know her context, right? No. I think she's just... It's meant to be a friend of Balefire's. Who's not afraid of... Yeah. Okay. I And I, I think that we maybe are meant to... The kids that were playing looked a little bit younger than her. Sure. So it's possible that they were not fighting in the Ogre's War. So they didn't see this occur. Um, so she actually saw him do the truce and like get rid of the Ogres. So there could be a decent amount of people out there who actually do see that Rumpel has done some good. As yeah. opposed to just the legend of the Dark One. Yeah. I'm sure he's done other good things too. It's just he... Doing evil things. Yes. You want to move to our B-plot? There are so many plots in this episode. What do you think is the B plot? I assumed the return of Catherine is the B plot. Okay. Well, the I, I, the storybook has three plots, and then there's the Enchanted Forest plot. Okay. I yeah sure. <laughs> but we can talk about the return. Of yeah, Catherine. I was saying that Rumpel's plot was plot A. Okay. And then I was saying the murder mystery is plot B. So yep, Catherine, that's Regina, accurate. Emma, those things. Uh, yeah. Catherine's back. Catherine is back. The things that we know is that she has no memory of the accident while trying to leave town but the airbag deployed, and then she was just gone. Uh-huh. So that, now, we saw when she took off a few episodes back that Frederick had shown up, the storybook version of Frederick. We don't actually know his name. And then she's already gone by this point. So this this happened quickly. Yes. And then we find out she was drugged and locked into the basement, and she has no memory of this at all. I also love when she says, who would do, when Emma says that she thinks, what does Emma say? Anyway, Catherine says, who would do something like that? And then it cuts to Regina. <laughs> well, she says it to Emma. Emma looks up with disgust. And then the next scene is Regina just mm-hmm. sitting there smirking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is wild. Uh, and we learn that the reason that this happened is that Regina made a deal with Mr. Golds. And he was very specific about how that deal was worded. Uh, so he believes he fulfilled the deal. He, he did, based on how he explained it. He Something tragic it. happened to her. Being uh, abducted is really tragic. It is really tragic. Especially, and everyone thinking your dad is really tragic. I also don't understand. I mean, maybe it would be hard to get him to agree to this. But I feel like every time Regina asks Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold for something, she only asks him for, like, part of the thing. Like, why didn't... I don't think that Mr. Gold was the one that, like, doctored the DNA results that said it was Catherine's heart. I think that she had Sydney help her with that, and that was, like, through the hospital. But if, like, Mr. Gold had done it, it probably would have been a little more foolproof. (laughs) So I think Regina gets so caught up in what she wants that he just stops speaking and Mm -hmm. lets her just play out the fantasy. Like, we see that in the office, right? Like, and he says, you may just get what you want. He very clearly says, you may just get Uh what you want. He does not guarantee that. Um, and Regina is just, at this point, she's blinded by anger, right? Like, she wants revenge. She wants Mary Margaret. I mean, why does she go and admit to Mary Margaret that she set her up? There was no need for that level of cockiness. It was over. You pretty much thought you were going to win. Why take that shot? That's true. She she gets a little... She really likes that um, the villain villain uh, telling the hero her plan. And sometimes she has, tells the other villain her plan, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
She likes to monologue at yeah, the Yeah, she end. does like to monologue. I also thought it was really interesting. I think this is the first time that we learn that Regina doesn't know why Mr. Gold, or why Rumpelstiltskin wanted her to cast the curse. Which is fascinating. Like, that's a big deal. It's not like he asked her for a small thing. Like, she wanted to cast this curse, so it was, like, exactly what she wanted. But he's asking her to do, like, a really big thing, and she didn't even ask why. But I don't know that he directly ever asked her. He wanted her to do it, and he trained her to do it, but it's almost like he planted the idea in her head that she mm. wanted to he do this. He incepted it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, she says we've been in this from the beginning, but she never knew his motivations because she probably didn't care about his motivations. I mean, she she doesn't really think to ask, what do you get out of it? She only cared about... Do I get what I wanted? Yeah. And that's what she was getting. Also, we learned a very interesting thing about this. Please is still in effect. Oh, I didn't notice it in this episode. Yeah, he absolutely, she, they're arguing about this, and he finally says, please. And she stops dead in her tracks talking. So that built-in trigger, even with them both being away, because I thought when she um, figured out that he was Rumpelstiltskin, that went away, but that clearly did not go away. And she has to abide by it, apparently. I also loved when she accuses him of breaking the deal and he says i've only broken one deal in my life and it definitely wasn't this one and we find out what deal it was yep uh which i mean i'm sure a lot of people would say that rumpelstiltskin has broken a deal with them based on their intention uh (laughs) intent is meaningless yes Intent is everything, according to Regina. Which is funny because she doesn't actually believe that. She also operates in the gray like mm-hmm. that pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. I also love when he tells her, murder seems so much worse here, doesn't it? So yeah, that actually was an interesting point because, and we'll talk about this more throughout the series, they murder indiscriminately in the Enchanted Forest. It's just a way of life. They don't really think about it. It's not, no one goes on trial. Like, unless you murder a royal, life's just for the, I mean, Regina kills indiscriminately. Rumpel, Rumpel kills indiscriminately. He doesn't kill indiscriminately, He kills indiscriminately in, like, a revengeful way, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have foibles about killing, but he wouldn't ever just kill someone. He, he does care about collateral damage, actually. Yeah, but like, for example... He Regina has, doesn't. No, she... In fact, I think she relishes it. Yeah. But like, he turns Gaston into a rose, which is essentially killing him. Yeah. Gaston didn't actually do anything to him. No. He just doesn't like him. He's he was like, a nuisance, though. He was knocking on his door, trying to trying to get his maid back. Relatively indiscriminate there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. But he wouldn't just, like, murder the entire town that Belle lived in because Gaston was being annoying. No. Regina would do that. Fact. <laughs> no, that's true. Because that's not worth his time. Mm-hmm. He's also better at intimidation than Regina is. Like, people fear him. Whereas, like, people do fear the queen, but they also, like, kind of detest the queen. Um, yeah, this this was... Uh, hold on. Let, let's... Before... Because we have a lot we can talk about yeah. with Golden Rumpel. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want to talk about in the B-plot, uh, Emma re- reveals to Sydney that I knew you were lying the entire time. He comes up with this... No, that's not what she says. What does she say? She says... You fooled me. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I, she realizes that you oh, have okay. been lying to me the entire yes. time is what I meant to say with that. Yeah. Um, and she looks real disgusted. I love his, oh, what is that? A bug? <laughs> He's so bad at lying. He's always been bad at lying, I which know. is amazing to me that she couldn't see right through that. Yeah. But the look on her face, it's all, I don't know what the exact word is when she realizes that he's in love with Regina. 
it's like sadness and disgust and like it's it's pity. pity? Is it pity? It's definitely because she looks pity. at him like he's the most pathetic person she's ever seen. I think both because she's seen the horrible things that he's willing to do for this woman, and like I get that definitely reveals something about his character. But I think she pities him because she's like, "You're nothing. You're like not a person. You just exist to do whatever Regina wants you to do." And probably because she's smart to realize that Regina's never going to love him. Yeah. So he's literally just... Um, he might as well be a mute maid. I mean, he also, when he confesses at the end, like, one, he... I can't believe that she has to... She literally prompts him, like, and the other thing that we talked about that you didn't say yet. Um, but the way he's delivering it both sounds like a complete lie. And, like, he looks really scared and sad. Uh, and he's still willing to do it anyway. Like, he's basically going to go to prison. Not forever, I guess, because she didn't die, but... Going to go for a long time. Mm. Aggravated kidnapping? How how do we know it was aggravated? There, he didn't have a weapon. Are we, I guess. I guess we don't know that he had a weapon. I would say six years max. Plus the drugging that we know six that was in her system. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then where'd that heart come from? There's got to be... Yeah, a, that's... <laughs> there's that's another sucks. question about that. Somebody's heart was put in a box out there. I'm hoping it was an animal. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, there could be a dead person out there. <laughs> no one else seems to be missing. Yeah, the, which is also a weird statement. He looks so defeated. It, it, it's actually a good parallel to when the genie realizes that mm -hmm. he is going to be set up for the king's murder. And it's like that look on his face of like, how could you do this to me again? Though this isn't even the first time that she prompts him when it, the sheriff conversation is what I think of. Sydney's running for sheriff. I am? Oh, I am. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I, I don't know who is the weaker man between Sydney and Henry Sr., but they're at like a race to the bottom. Neither one of them seems to have any moral conviction or any backbone. I think it's got to be Sydney. Henry Sr. does do other things later. Sydney doesn't do anything. I don't know if that's true. He he might stand up to Regina at some point. Okay. But, like, Henry Sr. watches his daughter get just traumatized. No, that's absolutely true. It's really bad. I'm not trying to say that. I it's... feel like it's so much worse to let your own family suffer through that. Well, I think the... He, he definitely... Henry Sr. should have stood up to Cora. Like, she was a monster, and she made his daughter so unhappy. Um, she made his daughter a monster. he was really afraid of Cora. Like, yep. she had magic, and she could have... I mean, she could have just killed him, and then he wouldn't have been able to do anything. He wasn't doing anything it's anyway. It's like Sidney, like, inserts himself into the situation with Regina. Like, he didn't have to do anything at all. He could have just done nothing, and he would have been fine. <laughs> I would say both are doing it for love in different ways. That's true. That's true. And I would say Sydney's actions may be worse, but Henry Sr. is a bigger coward. Yes. Not being willing to protect your daughter. Even if it means you die, that is your daughter. Yeah, that's true. Um, you want to talk about the C-plot? Before we talk about the C-plot, okay. I want to talk about one other part of Sydney's confession, which is... The thing that Regina reminds him about was that oh. he borrowed her skeleton keys. <laughs> and I just, I don't understand, like, why is no one concerned that Regina has skeleton keys? Like, it's not just that he used them, but that they exist at all. 
Like, I get it. She's the mayor. She should have keys to town hall mm-hmm. and any, like, city parks buildings and, like, whatever. But she should not have keys to people's apartments. It would even make more sense for Mr. Gold to have skeleton keys because he owns all of these buildings. Yeah, no, 100%. He's the landlord. But there's no reason for Regina to have keys that have actual skeletons <laughs> on them. That would be my first question. Even if you have a master key, why are these all skeletons? <clears throat> and then why do you have keys to people's apartments? Yeah. I, we'll talk about this more in the recap, but like there are a lot of things that I feel like had we Henry seen these things make sense to why his delusions aren't so delusional. The only person who logically should have keys that look like skeletons would be an evil queen. Yep. That's ridiculous Absolutely. and over the top and nonsensical. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious what you think the C plot is. I thought the C plot was the Mary Margaret and David yeah. relationship. Yes. Agreed. I, this is the first time that David has ever owned up to his mistakes, like, directly to people's faces. He apologizes to Catherine for everything that happened. And he tries to apologize to Mary Margaret. He then starts to rationalize a little bit. Which, to be fair, he has a memory of her saying that she's going to kill someone. And there was a bunch of evidence. And then it gets really, really sad when he tells her he loves her. And then she says, and that's what makes this all so sad. And that when she says that it feels like someone's trying to pour poison between them, it's like, yeah, that's that's like literally happening. You're not wrong here. I... Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think I feel like I remember another time where he owned up to things being wrong, but you might be right on that one. The one thing that I will say that is unfortunate is that he did a lot of things that there were no justification for. There was no need to lie to Catherine. You could have just taken the out that she gave you. Like, we talked about this. She said, hey, this isn't really working for me. I didn't think the idea of having kids was good. Walk away, man. Every, everybody's happy. So he makes a poor choice there. This belief that... Mary Margaret could have killed made sense from his perspective. He has a, a visual memory of someone who looks exactly like Mary Margaret saying, I'm going to go kill the woman. And then there's a bunch of evidence. I mean, it sucks that he didn't stand with her and he probably should have just because she never believed that he could be capable of that despite the fact that he was wandering in the woods with no memory. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this is the one that finally burned him even though all the other things were actually way more illogical. Agreed. I... It, it is... I, I don't think that she's wrong to believe that there's something toxic happening between them. Because literally every time they are together, something terrible happens. Maybe this is why you don't have affairs with people. Yeah. Because that's, you know, you're built on a toxic foundation. You're going to get a toxic result. Yeah. And to your point, like, he was in a weird situation. Yep. He had amnesia. He'd been in a coma for a long time. Like, he was sort of leaving his wife when he got into that coma. Like, they could have just told her, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They could have told her at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I only th- I've been told that we had issues. I have feelings for this other woman. I have no feelings for you. Logical conversation could have happened right totally. there. Totally. Um, I also want to talk about Mary Margaret's party <laughs> when she gets back. I It was really sad when Emma says, you have a lot of friends, and Mary Margaret says, it didn't feel like that yesterday. So, okay. Why... Does Emma let all of those people who did not believe her into her house? That would be the last thing I would want. I would have cussed them all out if I was Mary Margaret. You all. So David was wrong for believing that. They all believed it too. Not only that, they all shamed her for being a tramp, quote unquote. Maybe Mary Margaret asked for the party. We don't know that Emma planned the party. And what a sad little party Emma, Henry, and Mr. Gold and Mary Margaret would be. 
that would be at least better than a bunch of fake people who not only didn't think you uh, were better than to commit murder, but also publicly shamed you That's for true. having an affair. That's like true. her statement of "didn't feel like it yesterday" is dead on the money. Yeah, All of those people is. treated her like crap twice. I also fucking love the card that Henry's class makes for her. We're so glad you didn't kill Mrs. Nolan. <laughs> That's the- an all-time gift card. Greeting card, excuse me. Yeah, Hallmark sells those, for sure. Congratulations! You're acquitted of murder! It's not, it, it was even the way it was phrased. It wasn't like, we knew you didn't kill Mrs. Nolan, so glad you got out of it. It's like, we're really glad that you didn't actually do it. Which, again... I think there's a, and I'll talk about this more at some other point in time, but there are a lot of things that happen to Mary Margaret that she seems to just brush over, and I don't understand why. What do you mean? Like, the party. There's no way I would ever trust those people again. Mm. I mean, they believe you're capable of murder, and they never really shame David the way that they shame her. I think... Okay, that's a good that's a good point. Like, I mean, I would never want a party like that. Yeah. Mary Margaret is a very forgiving person, so is Snow White. Sure. Um, and I think that when David starts to rationalize and says, like, it was your jewelry box, they found the knife in your house, I don't think that she disagrees that, like, the evidence was really damning. And I don't think that she expects that everyone else would have believed her. I think that she expected that Emma and David would believe her. Fair point. And if it were just that, I would understand yeah, the, the tramp, forgiveness. Yeah, the tramp stuff is really bad. Like, to the but point... She, maybe she... I mean, she probably feels like she was a tramp. I don't know. When Emma says the well-deserved oh, slap, yeah. she looked unbelievably but again, hurt. she didn't want Emma to think that. She doesn't care as much. I mean, she does care. But, like, she might expect other people to think that. But Emma knows all of the details of the situation. And she doesn't want her best friend to think that. Her best friend, her daughter, whatever. <laughs> I think both are true. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that Emma had also made it very clear you shouldn't be doing this. So it's not shocking that Emma would have thought that, even though you're right, she's probably hurt by that. But it wasn't just that they, like, shamed her. They were willing to basically torpedo the fundraiser because they disapproved of what she did so badly that they'd let them. Yeah. Like, this was ridiculous. way past. They were willing to hurt nuns because... They were so mad that she's a tramp. Or that neighbors were, like, looking at her like a harlot to the point that wives didn't... I mean, this was pretty bad what they did to her. And then she just lets it go because, oh, yeah, I guess I'm not a murderer. Like, no. Didn't feel like it yesterday should have absolutely been expanded upon. She's been like, oh, you get the hell out of my house. Yeah. None of you were... None of you stood by me. None of you believed me. Fine, the evidence was there. But you all thought I was capable of this because you all shaming me because I was a quote-unquote tramp. They could all go kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the other thing I love about the party is when David shows up and Mary Margaret doesn't want him to come in, so Emma sends him away. And then she's just like, uh, why don't you go home with Henry? Why don't you take Henry home? I know that we know that she knows that David is not a murderer. (laughs) But she doesn't actually know David very well. She's like, why don't you take my son home? He's not supposed to be here. I mean, we know that, like, despite David's flaws, he's not a bad guy. No, but... I don't know that I would just, like, send my son home with him. I mean, I don't know. Would you take your son on a murder investigation with you? No, I I definitely would not. So, clearly, Henry gets different set of rules than normal children get because, you know, he just gets to involve himself in most things in the plot that 10-year-olds shouldn't. Yeah. Go home with your grandfather is a pretty reasonable thing. It's true. Henry seems so excited, too. He, like, really wants to spend time with David. Well, he doesn't have any male figures in his life, which actually also makes sense. It's true. 
I also love, this is backtracking quite a lot, but when Henry comes into the shop. Oh, the bells. The bells. Okay, I was like, does that happen in this episode? Yeah. It does. <laughs> um, he, oh, that's like a D plot. I forgot about that part. Um, I guess that's kind of part of the A plot. Yeah, it's part of the A plot. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> um, I love that they're, like, you can, if you have the subtitles on, you can, or the closed captions, you can, like, hear them talking about the bells, which is, like, really adorable. Highly recommend turning that on and rewatching that scene if you didn't. Um, and they, I love the idea that, like, Henry and Mr. Gold are just, like, ringing bells and then talking about the sound of the bells. Um, and Henry, when Henry walks in, Mr. Gold looks delighted. Like, he never looks delighted when people walk in his shop. He, I mean, he likes children. He likes boys. That sounds really weird, but... He, he doesn't like He genuinely outside. likes Henry. He genuinely likes Henry. And he wants to help him. And I'm he sold him a bell for like $5, which is also adorable. He also has a thing for bells. He does have a thing for bells. Which I assumed was kind of the whole play on things that, you know. Oh, he you if you want to get uh, Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold engaged, talk about bells. Because, you know, he's always going to engage you on it. Last thing I'll say about Dave and Mary Margaret. I said earlier that they're my favorite couple because they're always on the same page. Watching them not be on the same page is so jarring. It's so hard. It's it, but it's it's really well done because you're just like I don't understand. These two are like literally perfect for each other, and then they just can't get on the same page at all. David looks heartbroken. Mary Margaret looks heartbroken. They're not communicating, even though like she doesn't even say I don't love you. It's just no. This is toxic, and I hate it. It's pretty good good work on both their parts. Regina did a good job. <laughs> Regina did a good job with that part. That's what she wanted, and it's working. Yeah, no, she's pretty pretty good with that part. Uh, the party also has perhaps one of my favorite lines ever. You always say that a Mr. Gold is really Rumpelstiltskin is really good at playing both sides against the middle, and I think that Emma articulates that perfectly when she says that he's working diagonally. Well, because Gold says, "Are you proposing that I'm working with Regina or against Regina?" And she's like, "I don't know, perhaps diagonally," and you're like. <laughs> Boy, that is the exact way that I would phrase who he is working for. Yep. Neither party's interests are being served here. Yes, exactly. Also, so we've moved into the Emma conversation. I understand why she does not trust Gold. Makes total sense. It seems like he is doing his own thing. Why she trusts August inherently doesn't make sense to me. She should know better. I think that she... I mean, she believes that she has this superpower, which we know doesn't always work. But she, at this point, has figured out her superpower is flawed because she's already discovered Sydney had fooled her. Right. Sydney, the worst liar in town, has fooled you. Yes, that's pretty bad. Um, I think she wanted to believe that really badly. Um, and she also did think that August had lied to her previously, and she was wrong, and she felt really bad about that. Yeah. Um. I think that she is still, like, a little suspicious of him because she, like, doesn't know what he wants. She doesn't know what he actually wants. And he's always talking to her son. That would make me more suspicious <laughs> than anything else he's done. Why are you constantly... Like, Regina, I think, believe, introduces him as, this man was talking to our son. Right there, immediate, I'm not trusting you for quite some time. I mean, the fastest way... They say the fastest way to a single mother's heart is uh, by making a connection with their child. Huh. <laughs> All right. Huh. Yeah. Well, learn something new today. Um, I have more gold stuff. I want to save gold to the end because I feel like okay. he's the meat of the discussion. 
I want to go back to the point because I think Regina says a line taunting Emma, which I think is really good. You refuse to see the truth simply because you believe what you want. Mm. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's both in reference to the very clear lie that Sydney has been given on the confession. And also the fact that my son's been telling you that this curse is real and you have no reason at this point not to admit that that's the truth. And she's like, no, there's a, there's a more logical explanation. It's like, what could it be? I mean, they've run into some ridiculous things. That Jefferson thing is ridiculous. Like, where's the explanation for that? I, I think the thing that... I, I, we can talk about this more sure. in a next, another episode because it is more poignant. But shared delusions are not a thing. Like, she should be concerned that multiple people have the same delusion. At the point when she met Jefferson, that's now two people who share the delusion. That should have yeah. raised some serious questions. And she does ask questions about, like, have you been talking to Henry? Like, have you been reading Henry's book? Like, she assumes that there's something happening there. But three people is a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, two people is a lot of people. Three people, it's like, okay, that could be a coincidence where you talk. Three people, that's either conspiracy or something else is going yeah. on here. Exactly. Okay. I think that is everything that I have that is not gold-centric that okay. I want to talk about. I want to talk about Mr. Gold going to see Archie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that scene. What? Like, what a move. And very unlike Mr. Gold and Rumpelstiltskin. He, he like, to, to be willing to talk to someone about his feelings. Really like that scene for a lot of reasons. I love when Archie asks him, how old is your son? And Mr. Gold says, let's start with something easier. So... The intro, I, I love when he asks Archie, he knocks on the door, and he walks away, which is actually a pretty sad moment yeah. because he simply believes that either he can't get the help he needs or that someone wouldn't be willing to help him, which is kind of a parallel to uh, the Enchanted Forest where people are afraid of the Dark One. And I love that Archie's first question is, are you here for the rent? Why do people keep asking that? Because you usually show up for the rent, man. Yeah, that's I, the only reason you ever show up. Blue, I think, asked the same question. Are you here for the rent? Also, the line that he drops on Blue is, I could not not double your rent. Yeah. <laughs> Very clearly, like, again, he doesn't have to actually do it. The threat is more uh -huh. than enough. I love the scene where he talks to Archie. And he, you know, I, I'm going to point this out from the last episode. You said that, oh, he doesn't really show a lot of emotion. Right. Excellent job of emoting right here. Here I, and in the scene with August later. Like, yeah. really good. It's unusual for him to be that open with another person. Agreed. 100%. That is his true character. Yeah. He is capable of emoting. He just... He, he puts up walls and protects himself because he's been hurt a lot, which is a reasonable thing, as we will come to find out. He's been hurt a lot. I also, in that conversation with Archie, he 100% accepts that what happened with his son is his fault. He, like, does not at all try to blame it. He doesn't blame anyone else. He blame, he says he made the mistake. He's It's his biggest regret. And we'll hear that from him one more time. He does admit, he says that he has two big regrets in life. And one of them is this one. Yeah. Um. He, I also... He is worried that his son is trying to kill him or because he thinks his son is August and he found that drawing of the dagger in August's room. So he's pretty concerned for a variety of reasons. So I think that is him projecting how he feels mm. because I think he realizes what he did was so wrong about abandoning his son and that he probably would want to kill his father in that situation. He probably assumes logically that his son wants revenge for what he did to him. So that isn't wrong and he probably would be happy to let his son kill him to be quite honest because he'd be like a, okay you can at least forgive me in death yeah um and then his conversation with august in the woods like very heartfelt let's why did august do what he did i think he thought that 
Rumpelstiltskin could stop him turning into wood. But couldn't he have done that without having to control him? By just asking for his help? Or offering to make a deal? If you yeah. know the legend of Rumpelstiltskin, yes. what do you want to stop me from turning into wood? I mean, Desperate Souls. I don't know. But Desperate Souls make deals. That's what we've always yeah, found out, right? I don't know. Every time there's a desperate soul, they go to the Dark One for help. So I do think that part of the reason that he uses this approach is to find out information that he can share with Bellfire. Oh, so you think there's a, a second part of yes. this where he's working. So he actually is working for Rumpel's son, and he has his own agenda. So he's kind of working diagonally as yes. well. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's like any actual proof that that's true, but it's an assumption that I've always had. Because hmm. um, we'll come to find out that they knew each other. Yes, that's fair. Uh, that scene is beautiful. Like Rumple still, Mister Gold apologizes like straight up. Well, before we even get into that scene, we have finally answered the question that we've been asking for half the season. The hell was he doing out in the woods with that spot of gardening? And it turns out this is what he was doing. He's burying his dagger. Yep. And he finds it. <laughs> he stands there while August uh, shovels it up, essentially. Yep. And then he he gives it to him, right? Like he he uh, says, now I choose you. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's a, that's what Balefire wanted all along. He just wanted to be chosen instead of power. Which is funny because he chose power for Balefire. Yeah. Balefire didn't ask for that. Yeah, so here's the fun thing about parents. You do a lot of things for your kids your kids don't ask for. It's true. Belfire didn't ask him to bust up his knee to come back home, but obviously he did it because he didn't want to die and, you know. Yeah. I just, I mean, that scene made me cry. Like, the way he was crying, it was beautiful. It It was a very nice scene. I like the fact that the moment that August reveals his true nature, Gold instantly knows you're not my son. Yeah. And the way he lays it out is, my son would never do this. He would, For one, he would never use magic to control me. Two, my son knows that there's no magic here because that's the whole reason he wanted us to go here in the first place. So, like, just an expert level job of, oh, yeah, you've lied to me because Belfire would know better. And it's fascinating to me. I mean, the reason that I think August was truly desperate it, he, he did, it didn't even occur to him that it wouldn't work because there's no magic. Like, did he not think that if there was magic in Storybrooke and the Dark One had his powers that he'd be, like, creating chaos everywhere? No, that's actually not true, though. Um, that If he knows Belfire and he knows that uh, Mr. Gold is looking for Belfire, he's not going to reveal that he has magic because that's the thing that drove Belfire away. Mm. He would have to okay. basically stay low that's and act point. like that magic that's is gone. That's a good gone. point. Because then Belfire would never come to see him. Um, the one thing I love, and it's one of my favorite quotes, where he, he pins August up against a tree, puts the knife to his throat, and says, if you know who I am, then you know who I am. Mm-hmm. It is such a good, subtle, but not subtle threat of, you kn- you may be lying about who you are, but you know exactly the type of man I am. You better tell me everything I need to know. This is going to be the end for you. Which is great. Like, just so menacing, so threatening. I believed at the end he figured out who August truly was. I, I think I think that's true. In the ne- in the next episode, he does know who he is, so it seems like he figured it he out. He figured it out at yeah. this point, which is... August doesn't... He just says he's sick. He doesn't give him any more information mm-hmm. past that. And somehow, either Gold figured it out right then and there, which I think he did. Well, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if... I mean, we'll learn about this in the next episode, but it wouldn't surprise me that if Mr. Gold knows that... August is from the Enchanted Forest, it's very likely who he would be 
in this situation. Oh, so process elimination. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump into favorite moment? No, I think we've gotten everything that I wanted to talk about. But maybe the only thing that I would say is this is one of the rare times in which... I shouldn't say rare. This is one of the first times since kind of the beginning of the season that it looks like it's falling apart for Regina again. Yeah. She was on a huge winning yep. streak. She was mipping I mean, she even goes kind of head-to-head with gold and uh, skin deep and, and wins. She gets in reveal his name, and now it's like... See, there's a part where she goes, it's all going to come back on me. Like, she knows this is literally crumbling yeah. down in front of her. Yep. I mean, she does She does come up with a way to sort of fix it in the end, but then Emma is so pissed at the end of the episode. She's like, I'm coming for you. No, I'm not coming for you. I'm coming for our son. Yeah. That, yeah, that line in the end, which is basically what Regina had done to Emma earlier. Yeah. It, bad things are happening. What was your favorite moment in this episode, Roger? I had a lot of favorite moments I in this two. episode. Go with yours first. Uh, when Emma accuses Gold of working diagonally, I just, it's its a perfect summa- summation of who he is as a person, and she she gets it. And also, we didn't actually talk about this directly when we were talking about the magic bean, but uh, when the portal is open and Rumpelstiltskin is holding on to Balefire... And he like Billfire's like, come on, let's go. Like, what are you doing? You promised. And Rumpelstiltskin says he's not going to go. And Balefire calls him a coward, which just the look on Rumpel's face when Balefire says that to him is like, I mean, Rumpel, being a coward is something that Rumpel will struggle with for his entire life. And it like haunts him. And to hear his son, the person he loves most, say that to him and know that it's true is really rough. That might have been one of the most painful burns we see. Mm-hmm. Like, to be called the thing that you hate the most about yourself, and it is 100% true in this instance, mm-hmm. is got to be painful. Yes. Yeah. Um, diagonal is one of my favorite moments. I actually really like the line with Mary Margaret. It didn't feel like this yesterday. Uh-huh. Because it was just so real. And like I said, she handles that so differently than I think she should have. She's... Jennifer Goodwin is really good at, like, I don't, it's not quite comedic timing. I mean, like, sometimes the lines are funny, but, like, her timing in general and, like, the intonation in which she says things is, like, really powerful. Like, sometimes she says things and it just, like, really sits with me. I always think of the line that she said to Whale. Why would it be because of you? <laughs> just just such a good line with, with such innocence and, but, like, it was just such a good burn. Yeah, she she's, her timing is fantastic. Ridiculous moment? Um... Mine, I have two. I also have two. Uh, when Rumple tries to joke with Balefire about murdering their maid. Just like, dude, read the room. What is wrong with you? Like, don't don't joke with your son about murdering people. And the skeleton keys. Like, I just... It, it, just the fact that they exist and no one seems concerned about that is really weird. Yeah, no, I, I no disagreement on those two. My two are a blue running her mouth to the dark one just shut up oh yeah what were you thinking just fly away that's it it's over don't make this situation much worse she basically is the catalyst for all the bad things that happen now and then august trying to control rumpelstiltskin okay let's say that he cures you from your sickness you've made an enemy of the most powerful man that you know what's your end game here man just Come on. That's just dumb. That's just really dumb to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty dumb. Loser. Who else could be the loser? I, I actually want to know who your loser is. Oh, I, I, 
you to go first. I think Regina's the loser in this one. I, I think that you think it's gold is the loser. Because he lost Balefire? He lost Balefire. He does figure out that, like, that August is lying to him. But that's not what he wanted to have happen. Like, he, he thought that he had the thing that he wanted, and he, like, completely exposed himself to this stranger. Yeah. And then he was wrong. He was wrong. But I also think his working diagonally is why I don't have him losing. He's moving the plot along still. It's not like he stopped everything, which would be an L, in my opinion. He's still working towards getting what he needs back. Uh, I had a really hard time choosing a winner for this episode, and I have question marks by two people, and one of them is Regina. So I really want to hear your... So I think it's Regina for a couple of reasons. A, the last line of the show. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting your son taken away. I, that's why I had a hard time choosing someone. We already know that Archie has said, in a custody battle, they're going to listen to me. Emma yeah. wins here. Uh, all of the bad things that Regina has done are about to lead back to her, and there's no logical judge in the world who's going to say, yeah, a person who may have been involved in kidnapping plot, you should be the mother here. I, and I, and Rumple is working against her now, and but, she knows it. But none of those things actually happened in this episode. She was told she's going to lose her son. Nope, that happened in this episode. All yes. the other things haven't happened in this episode. Nope. So well, no. Rumple also has now admitted that he intentionally broke, not broke their deal, did their deal in a way that she didn't get the intent she wanted, and she says it's all going to lead back to me. Nope. So the realization okay. has happened. This I, like I, I don't disagree. I don't think that Regina's got like a long term win here. Yeah. And I don't feel strongly about either of the choices that I have selected for winner. Yeah. Um. Before I touch on those, uh, honorable mention: Sydney Glass is a loser of this episode. I, he's not, like, in enough of this episode or did anything of his own volition. So, like, I don't even feel like he deserves to be named the loser of this episode. <laughs> but that's pretty bad. He's going to go to prison for something. Sydney is the loser via Regina. Yes. Uh, okay. So, winner Regina. One, that conversation between David and Mary Margaret that was just so sad. That's exactly what Regina wanted to have happen. And she successfully engineered it. Though I would argue she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that they've had any of this conversation. She's not getting to revel in sure. their misery. That's that's true. Two, she was told this is all going to come back to me, and she figured out a solution. Mm, I don't know that she has. I think she figured out a temporary Band-Aid. In this episode, she figured out a solution. Okay. She does not get in trouble. <laughs> no one seems to care that she has skeleton keys. I don't know. So you say she doesn't get in trouble. Emma sees through it and threatens her directly. That's getting right, in but trouble. Emma doesn't actually do anything in this episode. Well, because the episode ends. But she does, there's a consequence for her action that she directly Okay. Hears. The um, other winner that I have on this episode is Emma. With a question mark. Both Regina question mark, Emma question mark. Because of that scene. I would give it more to Emma than I would Regina. Though I think there's a much more clear winner. And because she... Emma figures out the whole thing. I mean, she's been being yep. fooled by Sydney, but she she figured that out. She knows Mr. Gold was behind it, and she can't prove it, but she just straight up knows. She knows that Regina did it, and that Regina convinced Sydney to say this, and now she's coming for Regina. Yep, love it. She would be my very, very close runner-up. Yeah, I just don't... What happens to Rumpelstiltskin oh, he in didn't the win. Enchanted Forest really bad. is... I, really that's bad. That's really bad. To, that is the thing that hurts him most. It is literally the thing that haunts him for his entire life. Oh, 100%. I would say the reason I picked this winner is that they went from the worst possible status to the best possible status. Catherine was dead. 
Oh. Literally dead. We thought we were never going to see her again. And this is the first time she gets to speak and be awake and live. Oh, that's a good, that's a good winner. I feel like not being dead gives you a victory. Not being dead? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, honestly, part of it was that all of the other people had... I mean, Emma doesn't really have anything bad happen to her in this episode. Though, I do think being... Realizing that you were deceived by Sydney's got to be pretty bad. Like, that one... Her superpower takes a loss if she, she doesn't figured that out. out in the last episode, though. She did. Um, but yeah, I, I think Catherine just being able to still exist is a big victory. Also, we didn't talk about this much, but David, like, weirdly goes to kiss her on the forehead... Which, not the best move, but he admits that she's pretty amazing, which I think made her feel really good. That, like, yeah, he admit he apologized to her, admits that he did everything wrong, and also says you're amazing for being forgiving for the whole situation. Like, to me, I thought Catherine earned this victory. All right. Okay, that's a good one. So next week, we are going to watch Season 1, Episode 20, The Stranger, which is the one in which we learn August's backstory. So it's more like a continuation of this episode. We're going to get very heavy focus on August. We are near the end of the season. We are very close to the end of the season. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I don't believe that Regina's solution is going to hold. I think Fair. things are. I think the Queen's Castle is crumbling down around her. And much like when you corner an animal, I think they lash out. So I'm very interested to see what she does. I'm also curious to see what happens with August's sickness. Because he obviously was a desperate soul. And then at some point, I have the odd feeling that Rumpelstiltskin is going to learn what happened with Belle that we have not really come back to yet, which means there's going to be a real battle. Those are my three things I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to learning more, which I don't think we're going to get for a while, about how long it took Rumpelstiltskin to cast this curse. Uh, he, You know, at this point, he's only been the Dark One for a year ish um so like how long how long does it actually take him and why did regina have to cast it for him i like i think i'm really excited to learn about that i want to know who august is i i mean i know but <laughs> but i wanted to know when i august watched it the is. first time i knew he no longer was bellfire but then i wanted to see who he actually was because the sickness did not give it away for me i yeah. was just like well you're sick that doesn't mean anything yeah to me. um uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to see what happens to Regina's House of Cards here. It's it's pretty it's pretty shaky at this point and Mr. Golds has is no longer mess he's working diagonally. <laughs> I also think Regina has made so many enemies at this point that you really have to wonder are the people who she had intimidated going to turn on her because fear only works until people are no longer being afraid of you, right? Well, and as you always say, none of that even matters because Regina is her own worst enemy. <laughs> At times, most of the time, Regina defeats Regina. It's true. Well, please be sure to join us next week when we watch Season 1, Episode 20, The Stranger. We'll see you next time.